And we're back here on the few football every week. Ryan Curley. Jackson Strickland. Um, That's some big games that we had this weekend. Yeah, uh, rivalry week did not disappoint, and no, I think I pronounced all. it right. Uh, you were close enough. Um, <laughs> and there were a, a lot of coaching changes. If you've uh, kept up with the Instagram, we've been uh, trying to update you guys as those have come in. I know I posted about Clay Helton the other day, and then a, like an hour or two later, there were USC kind of disputed the rumor, so that he was out recruiting yeah. later that day. So it was. I think uh, he's probably safe for yeah, another it was pretty, year. Yeah, it was pretty likely that he at least wasn't being fired then, wasn't being let go then. Um, if it happens this season, it'll be in a week or two. I mean, it's it's getting down to that that time of the season, obviously, where coaches are stepping down quote, retiring, uh, or being fired, and straight up let go. So, uh, we know that we have, obviously, FSU has a vacancy, and uh, Washington was making some changes. Those, yeah, both they, those teams have been relevant in the past decade with uh, playoff and national championship um, appearances, and uh, three SEC spots are now open with yeah. Arkansas, Ole Miss, and... And Missouri. Missouri. Um did Van, is, what about Vanderbilt? I think Vandy's safe for now. Derek Mason's safe. Yeah. Yeah, because it was Barry Odom in Missouri. And then um, there's a couple more openings. Texas changed their uh, their offensive coordinator and defense coordinators. They're moving around their staff. Yeah, South Carolina did a lot of that too, moving yeah. around staff. So there's um, a lot of changes, and there will be more changes as bowl season kind of kicks off soon in a couple weeks. And then obviously the – Championship weekend is next weekend, but we want to well, this, touch base this on, coming weekend. Yeah, yeah, touch base on rivalry. <sighs> rivalry Man, week. rivalry week first, and we can go kind of chronologically. We'll start with Thanksgiving, uh, the Egg Bowl. That was an interesting ending. Uh, that's really kind of the highlight. I don't even think we'd be talking about it if it didn't end the way it did. No, we really wouldn't. We probably would. Um, um, like I was watching the game. But most people weren't watching. I actually it. wasn't watching the game. I was. I, I mean, I was watching like the second half because I had like. Yeah. Um, family dinner, obviously. I was in a food coma, so. But it most, was in my bed. <laughs> most people only saw like the ten second clip on Instagram. Yeah. That um, we actually posted as well. If you missed it, basically Ole Miss drove down to uh, score a touchdown in the final seconds of the game. They did score the touchdown. Uh, Elijah Moore did, but on his celebration, he repeated uh, DJ DK Metcalf. Yeah, the from uh, two years ago from the Egg Bowl, um, where he pretended to get on all fours and pee like a dog, raising yeah. his leg, and uh, just like two years ago, it it drew a penalty, backed up the extra point, an extra fifteen yards, and. It was shanked, and he missed it. So, and they lose by one point because they lose that, by one. That point. was the potential <laughs> overtime. Uh, that was the game tying field goal, or game tying extra point, and they missed it. So crazy game, and then Matt Luke gets fired a few days later, which which we're both against. Yeah, we both disagree on that one. That was only his second season, and last season, like they weren't even like they were still in a bowl ban last season. So like, and not, he was the interim for part of that year. Just, it wasn't like he had two full years as. As head coach, you just so. gotta give him a, like one more season. It's Ole Miss, like it's not like they just went to the playoff like last year or anything. Like 
the thing that, that frustrates me the most about the Matt Luke firing is that those guys wanted to play for Matt Luke, and Matt Luke wanted to coach Ole Miss. Um, I'm not sure he's going to get another job anytime soon. I don't think as a head coach. Uh, but, ah, man, it's just kind of frustrating. It's like, you know, it's like how Kirby wants to be at Georgia. Ed Orgeron wants to be at LSU. That's how Matt Luke was with Ole Miss. He yeah. wants to be at Ole Miss, and they didn't really give him enough time. Who knows? They had some promising young players they could have improved over the next few years. Yeah, it, it wasn't really a visible stepping stone for him. Like that, I wouldn't say that's his final destination if he like was like insanely successful there. But also, like he could have stayed there for six or eight years. Who knows? Like, um, give him another season. Give him at least the first half of next season. Yeah, and tell him like, hey, you need to step it up. You need to win these two big games and obviously win out the rest of yours or something like that. Yeah, let, him actually, let him actually coach, you know, his, the, his recruiting classes. Well, and it bothers me because, like, so what if Elijah Moore didn't pee on the field? Like, and they yeah, and tied they, it up, they went overtime, and they won. They'll be 5-7. Yeah. and seven. Does he get fired then? I really hope that that little situation – I don't think that little situation had anything to do with I don't with think it. so either, but also, like, I mean, you can say that reflects poor coaching – if you want to put like discipline to players, yeah, I don't know. I just think that's more of a player, probably a couple players playing that. Hey, if one of us scores, let's do what DK did a few years ago. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, for sure. But so he he probably uh, didn't know about that, and that's just unfortunate for Matt Luke. And uh, I know a, a lot of the Ole Miss players were upset about that. Uh, I, I I wish him luck in the in the job search if he is searching for another coaching position i wish him luck in that hopefully he can land something yeah matt if you're out there listening um <laughs> well i mean we'll always have you on the show if you need something to do <laughs> on your wednesday afternoons wednesday evenings um yeah i mean just give us a give us a dm we'll get your number if we uh if, if you have, have an instagram like if we have DM us. <laughs> i don't even know if he has an instagram I don't, I most coaches don't honestly or they just never post they're just too old uh, moving on, Friday, Black Friday, the game of the day. There's a couple of good games. Um, Memphis beat Cincinnati, secured a spot in the AAC Championship, which will actually be a rematch in the very same stadium just one week later, this coming Saturday. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I mean, like, I know that you, like, think that's like, you no, like I don't that. like that. You don't? No, I don't like that. Okay, but you said you like the rematch. I like the rematch. I don't like that it's not at a neutral site. I just don't like the... I mean, yeah, definitely one of a neutral site, but I guess they just don't have the money to do that in the AAC. Like, that's my – that's what I think. You think that's what it is? Probably. That's not a bad – Because they – I mean, you have to, like, pay money to rent out a studio. Yeah, you're right. Anyways, so, I don't know. I just think that's weird. Like, oh, let's meet again in eight days and try it again. Yeah, it just happens to be in the same – because Memphis won home field advantage yeah. by winning that game. And if Cincy wins this next one by a point, like, it doesn't really matter what happened last week. Yeah. Um, it's not like, I don't know. It wasn't uh, a crazy offensive performance, but 34-24. DeMonte Coxie has proven he's a beast on offense. It was 146 receiving yards and a touchdown. And then, you know, Cincinnati maybe would have been more competitive in this game if they weren't starting a true freshman quarterback who hadn't started before because their original starter, Desmond Ritter, was out, and they still don't know who's going to be the starter for next game. But all in all, Memphis got it done, and the winner of this game is a likely – it's a likely bur- – this is almost like a playoff for the Cotton Bowl. Um, I mean, I guess that, makes, that makes sense. If Memphis wins during the Cotton Bowl, if Cincinnati wins, there's going to be an argument between them and Boise State for the Cotton Bowl berth. Um, but 
for sure this game does matter for the New York Six Bowl. And, of course, we've seen UCF with success in the New York Six Bowls. Obviously, they lost to LSU this past year, but beat uh, they beat Auburn the year before. I know Central Michigan fought pretty hard against Wisconsin a few years ago. So it's always interesting, and I think that, obviously, either of these teams could contend against a a team like Wisconsin in the or whoever they'd end up playing in the Cotton Bowl. So the game definitely matters, and we'll see what happens next week. I mean, also, you we, say it matters only to an extent, though. <laughs> no, it doesn't have playoff in- implications, if that's what you're saying. Yeah, but, like, also, there's games that, like, don't have playoff implications that I still care about uh, far more than American Athletic Conference Such as? Did. Just Can you give me an example? Literally any other game that has, like, a relevant... He's such an AAC hater. Ah. I mean, I'm not because... Like, Get on the was, wave, man. I was I was on the wave for UCF, and then it's like, oh, wait, they're not national champions for the third year in a row, so, like, the conference is irrelevant again. The whole conference is good, man. <laughs> All right, also on Black Friday, uh, something pretty impressive. Virginia beat Virginia Tech, and we kind of talked about it a little bit last week. Yeah, That's going to be seven different opponents... Uh, from the coastal region, from the coastal division of the ACC, um, in the last seven years. So every team in the ACC coastal has won their division the past seven years, which is I don't. That's probably never happened. We didn't fact check it. That's probably never happened anywhere yeah, else. I don't think like, so. That's just kind of a weird statistic. It means that there's no consistency in any team in the coastal, which we've said multiple times. Picking. The Pac-12 and picking the Coastal, it's just kind of, you kind of, it's kind of a toss-up. I, I do want to say though, in those, this will be the seventh year, but in the past six years, the Coastal hasn't won ever. In the it's past all, eight been, or nine years, the Coastal. Hasn't it's won. either been Florida State or Clemson. Yep. So, so and I mean that's what it's going to be this year again. Um, probably. Our two, I think our two givens for the conference games are Ohio State and Clemson, but we'll get into that later. Um, did you get to watch any of this game, though? I did. I watched... Did you um, watch the final part? Yeah, I watched the ending. So, um, basically, like, Virginia Tech was driving, um, and they were going to... They're, like, in the end zone. No, he gets sacked in the end zone or something, and it's recovered for a touchdown, like, in the final minute. Yeah, I saw... That was the... It was really 30... It was 33 to 30. Yeah, 33 and to 30. Virginia... With the defensive touchdown there. And then decided not to go for the extra point. They just went ahead and kneeled it. No reason to get anyone hurt. And um, Bryce Perkins, man. He's a baller. He went off. I don't know. It's going to be maybe They're, an interesting matchup. I think they have a chance Clemson. to the fight. They have a chance to fight. I don't know if they have a chance to win it. Uh, Clemson is favored by 28.5 in that one. So we'll get into those later. Um, oh, also, this was the first time in 15 years that Virginia beat Virginia Tech. Right. It was a 15-year drought. I wanted to mention that earlier. And it was, I mean, it was getting to be 16 pretty close until that defensive stop. It was a very good back-and-forth game. I caught the end of it, uh, like, the last quarter. But because um, I was doing something early in the day, I paid more attention to the Memphis game at 3.30. But as expected. But, yeah, that's your team now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going with Memphis, man. Get to the Cotton Bowl and win the Cotton Bowl. Uh, and then the Saturday slate obviously was stacked. Noon had the game and clean old-fashioned hate. 
And for it just didn't end up being so clean. The first <laughs> quarter and a half of the Ohio State Michigan game, I was like, okay, Michigan. You know, it was it was back and forth. Michigan had the lead a good bit of the time. That's what I expected. I was like, from Whoa. a little bit more of the game. I expected that for like three quarters until Ohio State just outlasted them and Michigan got tired. But that happened a lot sooner than I expected. Obviously, Fields didn't like wasn't slowed down at all. No, three hundred two and four touchdowns, and one of those touchdowns was just absolutely gorgeous. I'm going to talk about it just because I was like my jaw dropped when I watched when I watched the screen live. He he got hurt and then came back in a few plays later with a like a knee injury. He came in with a brace and he drops back. They're about forty five fifty yards away from the end zone. He drops back. Rolls to his left, defender's coming at him. He takes a step back, turns, and zips the ball to the back of the end zone. Perfect throw. That's when I changed the channel for good. And, man, this Buckeye team looks fantastic. I'm hard-pressed to say that anyone could beat them. I'm not sure if anyone can. Uh, And then Dobbins was a workhorse with four touchdowns and 200 yards. I will say Michigan did a good job of uh, pass protection and uh, guarding Chase Young. Chase Young didn't record anything. He didn't have a, a tackle, a tackle for loss, a sack, a fumble. I think he had two QB hurries, and that's it. Yeah, they did a really good job of stopping him, but obviously like Chase Young is not Ohio yeah, State's yeah. defense. Chase Young is not Ohio State's team. And so, that's what I'd... Which is what you were arguing, and mm-hmm. it's a good argument. He's still a stud. He's still a stud, but I mean... He got shut down in a big game, though, which people are going to look at. He's still going to be a top three pick. Yeah, I mean, he'll still, like, his draft potential is still through the roof, but Heisman, it's just it's just not there. For I, defensive, I, a defensive player, like, you just don't have that opportunity. Like, as a defensive coach, you don't draw up plays. You don't call plays where it's like, okay, Chase Young, you're going for the sack. Everyone else, just kind of hold the line, you know? Like, that's, yeah. not them, that's not their game plan. Their game plan is to stop the play at like whatever cost and sometimes that means that chase young breaks through the line and gets there and stops it but i mean there's gonna be games where he gets shut down he gets put against some good offensive lines and i don't know it's a zero 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 performance from him i mean that doesn't really um doesn't define him as a player or anything no it doesn't define him as a player but it was uh it was when everyone was watching if he would have had like a ridiculous game i think he would have got invited to new york which we don't know who's going to be the finalist yet actually he still could but uh i think it would have kind of cemented a spot for him at in new york you know what i mean mm-hmm. um also at noon was uga who wrecked tech that was a a good offensive performance from the dogs um yeah i wouldn't say that it was the cleanest or the strongest game that the dogs have had no but i think um, it was a good step towards the sec yeah for anyone that was actually like for anyone that keeps track of our instagram stories you saw that i was there um, I was actually on the fifth row of the tech student section, and Ryan, I don't even know if I told you, but I made it on TV like towards the beginning of the game, um, and my parents sent me. <laughs> Were the you video. by yourself? No, I was with a tech friend, uh, Kathleen. That um, she was supposed to come to Georgia, and then she made the wrong uh, decision. Oh, um, I see. Like months before we like committed or whatever, but like a couple months after we got into <clears throat> Georgia early admissions, uh, slight flex. Anyway, so <laughs> she had, like, three extra student tickets, and I was like, sure, I'll take one. It was free. Um, I just covered up my red T-shirt when I was going into the game, and yeah. right after they scanned it, I unzipped my jacket, walked in. Um, 
I ended up sitting or standing with uh, some Georgia friends um, later into the like in the third quarter. But for the entire first half, I was I was right there in the middle of things. I did things. not know that. It was hilarious. Um, I bet they were pretty upset. See, that's the thing, though. I expected to maybe get thrown out, and I was like, I wasn't even being rude at all. Like I was. Were you just there? I was cheering when we did well, and I was just standing when we didn't do well, which was definitely a couple plays. Um, but I mean, everyone around was just they'd like look at me, and then a couple of them would like just laugh because like. It's not a rivalry anymore. It's a rivalry, and it always will be because it's Georgia Georgia Tech. It's clean. But it hasn't made. been competitive really, at least the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, Tech got us a couple of years ago. Tech upset the dogs a couple. Was years it ago. Rick's last year? Probably. Um, but no, it was fun. I really enjoyed my time, and I left during the third quarter. I was. I told Hampton, I was like, "All right, I'm just gonna stay for this defensive drive, and then one more offensive drive." And that was when we like, had the one-play drive touchdown. And I was like, oh, well, I, I guess that's it for me. I think it was Pickens, was it not? Yeah, I think so. Where it was just, like, first and ten on, like, the 40-something, and it was just a touchdown. Yeah, I was like, okay. yeah. So I left after that, uh, got home to watch the end of the Iron Bowl. Yeah. If you want to well, start I think on that. Well, I wanted to discuss the Pickens thing first because you brought him up. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, George Pickens, was this the third or the fourth quarter? Uh, were you still there when that happened? No, see, okay, I, you didn't I know, had just so gotten in my know. call. No, no, I was... Well, you had the radio. I was right. walking back, actually, walk, walking back to my car, and Gabby texts me, and she says, did you see that? I was like, see what? I just left. She's like, George Pickens got in a fight. And I was like, wait, what? And, like, by this, like, we were texting, so, like, it wasn't, like, immediate. And by the time I got in my car, it was, like, starting to, like, pull out of the deck. And she says, yeah, he's going to be out, like, first half of next week, and that means we're without... Him, Cager, and Swift. And I go, wait, what the heck happened to Swift? Because I wasn't there when... Swift's fine. Kirby already said he's fine. He could have went back in the game if we needed him. Um, but I was like... I got so scared. I was like, why do we... like? That's our best three offensive yeah. players and we're without them. And like, I didn't get to see any of it happen. <laughs> I was like, he's trying to hurry home for uh, the Iron Bowl, which uh, did not disappoint. But yeah, I mean... Definitely disappointed in Pickens, especially when he wasn't able to play the first half of that game anyways because he was already suspended. He was getting something. disciplined from Kirby, which we really don't know what that was. It was probably like showing up late to practice or, something like or back talking or something. Could have had something to do academically. Who knows? I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, it's disappointing, and he'll be out of the first half of the LSU matchup. But I think that also allows UGA – to use some of their other weapons, such as someone who has been under-targeted, in my opinion, is Demetrius Robertson. D-Rob. He's very fast. He's a, he's a veteran, and I think, he's, I think he could be a difference maker. Blaylock has shown promise. And then James Cook is such a versatile weapon offensively, it's a shame that he hasn't been more involved this year. So those are three guys that are going to need to step up for UGA. And obviously, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But... The Iron Bowl. Ooh, that was a good one, man. That was a classic. That was an instant classic. Uh, up there with the 2013 matchup for sure. I agree. As the one of the best ones. I think like throughout the entire entirety of the game, it was a more exciting game. The ending was more exciting in 2013. But, man, Auburn's defense stepped up. 
kept him in the game. Two pick sixes on Mac Jones, and and then just a wild ending. And, and that's you, not you something the ending, that, right? Yeah, and that's not something that surprises too many people. I think the two no, pick sixes, because you're coming in, you have an inexperienced quarterback. That's his first road start. Ever. You're trying to replace Tua, like yeah. the greatest to ever come through Alabama, against one of the most hyped games of the past couple seasons. I mean, like, it's, um, like, Iron Bowl, that's just an important rivalry It's in all it's, of college football. It's the most hate. I think it's the most, the most hated, like, the most hate between the two teams in college football. I don't think there's two teams that hate each other more. I think Ohio State hates Michigan just as much, but I don't think Michigan really cares that much against Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, I'm saying, like, the, the there's no more, there's more yeah. heat between Auburn and Alabama than there is between any two other teams. Um... Even Ole Miss and Miss State. And as a as someone who used to root for Auburn, like I knew what it was. Like I've always hated Bama, but some you know, I could say it on here. Like I've always hated Bama. I'm I'm gonna talk about them unbiasedly, but I've never liked them. Uh, I respect them for sure. I respect the program. I respect the players. I respect Nick Saban. I do too. But um, any I'm never gonna like them. Any college football fan that says, "Oh, I hate Nick Saban," I mean. He's just doing his job. He's that's literally what he's doing. He's doing his job. He's and not he's there doing to be a it friend. Great. He's not there to be a friend. And sometimes he still is. Like I remember a couple of summers ago seeing a video of Nick Saban out on a boat on a lake with some of his players and they ran out of gas and they were all laughing, having a good time. Yeah. Because they were stranded out there waiting for someone to bring them <laughs> gas. And like, you know what? Like if my like college football uh coach took me on a boat and we ran out of gas, like that'd be like a funny story to tell yeah. my kids one day. Like I mean, I don't know how many like good days he has that he's nice to the players. I mean, during the game and, and post-game press conferences, like, he's not really supposed to be like, you know what, we put up a great fight, we'll get him next year. Like, he's no. always been very transparent about how he feels. Exactly, and that's what you want from a coach. And you saw that, especially at halftime. Because <laughs> the, he he was the one that ended up being interviewed at halftime. I wasn't, I always, something I'm really curious about is like, okay, who are they going to talk to right now? Like, uh-huh. who are they going to talk to right next to me? And they happened to talk to, to him at the halftime report and what had happened right there was Auburn was driving and they were trying to just get a field goal and it was very similar to the way the Iron Bowl ended in 2013 it almost pretty much the same thing actually yeah really and you know Auburn went down there and they challenged that there was one second left on the clock and they ended up getting the second back and Saban was arguing it's impossible for them to get a kickoff in one second if it's a running clock and everything and they ended up getting the kickoff somehow. I don't yeah. I was a little confused with that too I'm when I was really watching. I'm not completely sure on that one. And they I made wanted, the field goal. I wanted the SEC officials cuz sometimes like like oh, well it was a game a couple of weeks ago or whatever where there was like a an iffy call and like oh, if he stepped out of bounds or like something like that. He was pushed out of bounds and came back in. Um but like and like they went and tweeted like a couple of days later and was like, "Oh, here's the rule explained." Yeah. But like they didn't do that. And so, I don't know. And it worked out in Auburn's favor. They ended up winning the game by three, and they got three points right there. So, like, what are the implications of everything if the officials went out on Twitter a day later and said, actually, the ref got it wrong. Like, it shouldn't have been a second on the clock. Yeah, then there's all sorts of legal arguments. Well, and then it's like, oh, should Alabama still be number five? Like, that kind of crap. So... I, don't know, I wanted them to come out and say, like, oh, there was no issue. Like, this is it explained. But we didn't really get that. And maybe they will soon, and we're just waiting on it. But uh, at this point, I don't it's know. It's been four or five days now. So. I don't expect it to come out. The ending was pretty wild, too, with uh, you know Auburn scoring late. 
and they, they get ahead 48-45, to 45, and then Bama gets the ball back, they drive, they go to kick a field goal to tie, and... Doink? How do you even say his name? Doink. That's how you say his name. Joseph Bulovis yeah. hits the upright, and I honestly... It's, it's hard to just hit the upright. Like, how does that happen so much? You notice that? That yeah. happens a lot, but that's actually kind of crazy, But and especially for Bama, obviously, since they've always had kicking issues, but they miss it. Auburn gets the ball back, and then... They've missed more Bama, field goals in yeah. the Saban era than any other team in college football in that time. And they miss by like, clutch field goals. By, like, 20. It's not even close. And I'm not saying it's Saban's fault, but maybe <clears> recruit some good, better kickers. You're the number one team in the nation for how many weeks... Like, in the past five years? So many. Golly, dude. More championships than anybody else in a big span. But, you know. Your Aub- name is known more than anyone else. But the, And then they, they get Auburn to a fourth down. They're going to get the ball putted to them, and there's 12 men on the field. Automatic first down. Auburn wins the game in the most Auburn-like fashion. It's dicey, dude. That I, I don't want to say luck because... They it's, kept, it's not luck, it's Auburn. Because, no, because they kept their punter over there as, like, like lined up as a wide receiver. It was a weird formation and it tricked Bama. Because who was it over there? Was it – who did Bo they keep Nix on the field? Behind. No, they kept an Alabama – like, they – was it Judy? I think they confused Judy because, like, someone had to be lined up and it was, like, the opposite side of the Alabama sideline. I don't know. It's on, it's on like, elite college football or something. But anyways – um. Jalen Waddle had a game. Yeah, I mean, Put up one part return. Did he have three receiving? Did he have three? I gotta check that again. Uh, I mean, Bama had a heck of a game, and obviously the whole oh well, if Tua wasn't hurt, well, I don't want to hear that because like Tua's hurt and he's yeah. not playing the game and he's not gonna play the rest of the season. So don't try to tell me like oh if Tua wasn't hurt then. Alabama could beat the heck out of Auburn and Utah and Oklahoma, so they should be ranked ahead of them. Like, no, that's not how that works. You've lost two games. You've lost your only two ranked games. Um, unless you want to count A&M because they were ranked at some point in the season, and they're not anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just I don't want to hear it from Alabama fans. Like, just because you've been so successful, successful the past decade doesn't mean it's always going to be your day and that you have to stay in the top – 10 just because your name is Alabama, just because you have Nick Saban, just because two is still in your roster, even though he's sitting on the bench or in a golf cart or wherever he was. Um, I feel for two, obviously. We've, we talked about that a great deal when he got injured, but you can't dwell on that when, like, I don't know, should have kept Hurts, I guess. It's like Georgia should have kept Fields for the Carolina game. If Literally, if that was the only game he played this whole year, could have redshirted and transferred. All we needed him was for a second half, and we wouldn't even gone to overtime. But, man, you know, I when the rankings came out last night, I thought I was gonna get this big satisfying feeling when I saw Alabama's name at twelve, and I I didn't. It was weird. Like I was expecting, like I I was expecting to have a little party in my head, but no, it was like <laughs> party in my head. Yeah, I mean... It was kind of blah to it, I think, because I knew it was going to happen. It's weird, though. It is weird. It's like when we look up... Having them at five was weird. It's like when we look back on old rankings, we're like, oh my gosh, remember when Baylor was in the top five? And and then, like, two years ago, they went, like, a terrible season. Now it's like, oh, remember when Miami and Florida State were relevant? When Washington went to the playoff? 
with Jake Browning and Chris Peterson, and now Chris Peterson's gone. Jake Browning's gone. Kind of mysteriously gone. Eason, yeah, they said um, he wants to re recharge his batteries. Or recharge, like re-energate, re-energate, re re-energate. <laughs> whatever it is. Quarter day. <laughs> re-energate. Anyways, um, yeah, it's it's like one of those things. We're gonna look back. And we're like, I think in the next four years, we're gonna look back and we're like, wow, remember when Bama was consistently ranked in top four? Like that's so weird. That's not that like that Ooh. anymore. Ooh, <laughs> hot take. Hot take. Ooh, it's over. Saban's. F- no, I'm kidding. It might be. Sa- no, probably Sa- not. Though. Saban's there for a couple more. Uh, no, and anyone saying fire Saban is just You're not stupid. in the right mind. Not in the right mind. Um, Those are the same people that would be like, "Oh, Tua should have played through the injury." <laughs> like, shut up. Just go watch some other football if you can't watch Bama and be happy for what happens. Yeah. Or accept what happens. You don't even have to be happy. You know, the game I was actually most looking forward to before rivalry week was the Minnesota-Wisconsin game. I just had a good feeling about it, and it, man, it was kind of boring. I didn't. Well, I was all in the, on, the, on the Iron Bowl. Like, when I was watching, I didn't really flip that much just because Wisconsin just handled Minnesota, and it wasn't like they had a bunch of turnovers or anything, but they only forced one interception on Tanner Morgan. They just outscored him. That's pretty much what it was in a in a nasty snow game. They outscored him. Jonathan Taylor had a couple touchdowns. Cohen threw for a couple touchdowns. It was just kind of a a grinded out game, and they ended up just scoring a bunch more. Minnesota just couldn't. Uh, was Wisconsin's defense bend bended but didn't break? Kind of that was kind of their mindset, and so Minnesota just didn't score that much. They bended or they bent. So like, do you know like the. <laughs> That's saying, bend yes. but don't break. That's what Wisconsin did. They yeah, did. but like past tense, has it bended or bent? They bent but didn't broke. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of sad. Minnesota, their playoff hopes were still out there until they lost to Wisconsin. And hey, Wisconsin wins the Big West champion, the PJ, Big Ten West champion. PJ Fleck is going to be in the top five coaches in the next year or two. And hopefully he can. I mean, this. Like hopefully this is just a dude. step ahead, and they don't regress next year. Hopefully they can, you know, do something again next year. I think they have a young team. Tanner Morgan's a sophomore. I'm pretty sure. So they'll have this, their quarterback. I think they'll probably lose a, great, a couple wide he's receivers. He's a great quarterback. Rashad dude. Bateman did have a really good game again, as I predicted. Um, he had over 100 yards and a touchdown. So he's a great receiver. I don't know uh, what um, year he is. Obviously, I'm he's, not sure. their, he's their best offensive weapon. But he. Tyler Johnson and then one other uh, Ottman Bell. Yeah, Ottman Bell. I mean, they're all great, all great players. Um, I'd love to see Minnesota make a playoff run in the next. Yeah, that'd be seasons. interesting. That'd be cool. Maybe wait till uh, Fields is gone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is but, that is that Harbaugh's plan too? Oh, maybe we'll get him when Fields is gone. Was that his plan with JT Barrett and Dwayne Haskins? <laughs> <laughs> like they just keep getting better. They keep upgrading at quarterback. They went from JT Barrett to Dwayne Haskins to. Justin Fields, they're going to get some lab-created quarterback next. <laughs> um, and then I don't want to talk about it too much. I just want to bring it up. LSU destroyed A&M 50-7 to um, a week after Georgia struggled against them. Yeah, I mean, it definitely looks bad. Um, looks bad for Georgia. Looks bad for A&M. Looks bad for Jimbo Fisher that wanted to have um, – you know, he he came into the season having to play LSU, Bama, Georgia, and Clemson. And Auburn. And Auburn. And how do you do in all five of those games? L. O and five. 
Oh and five, and this man's getting the paid best seven and five team in the country. How much? Oh yeah, they're the best seven. Also, five Washington teams, seven like, and five, Texas seven and five. What's up with all these Tennessee three teams? Is, Tennessee, I'm pretty sure is seven and five. Are they not? Are they really? I think they have the same record as Texas, dude. Wow. Tennessee, this is a team they that really like, turns it around. Week one, they're like, oh, like they lost to Georgia State, they're done forever, and then they they actually had a half decent season. It was. But before the season started, it was projected they were going to improve. And then and then, they and then no one and thought then they, they were did. going to, and then they did. So Tennessee, right where we expected them to, actually. I think it was really similar to Missouri, but Missouri didn't finish as well. Missouri lost week one to Wyoming, unexpected. And then they won like six or seven straight. And then Kelly got hurt, and then they lost to Georgia, and then they lost one or two more. They lost to Vandy. Um, if they would have... Beat Vandy and beat one or two more. I mean, their season would have looked a lot like Tennessee's, but even stronger. But unfortunately, it didn't, and that's why Barry Odom was fired. That's why he was let go. Um, I don't know. I mean, it was definitely disappointing because I thought Kelly Bryant was going to do something special. Um, they had a weird year starting 5-1 and one and then ending up 6-6. Six and six. They really yep. – that's a tough second half of the year. But I mean, Duke had – Duke was similar. They started pretty well and then ended up um, with a subpar season. Yeah. So. That that's is, what that I love about football, football though. I mean, that's you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Duke is the best one school. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, which school do you think has the best mixture of football and basketball? Uh, I, I think, think it's Michigan. Michigan and Florida were the only ones, like, as of a week or two ago, that both had top 15 teams in each. Michigan, uh... Basketball actually lost last night. It was a, they were number four, lost to number one Louisville in the BU. Fo- basketball every week. But hey, we could, you couldn't, but I could. <laughs> I mean, I could be like, hey, Jim Harbaugh still hasn't won a single Michigan basketball game. Fire him. <laughs> get out of here. Um, he should. Oh, and you should get out of here. Another highlight uh, for the SEC since we were kind of diving into the SEC there a minute ago. Burrow, Joe Burrow, Cool Joe, is the now the Joe, not just an average Joe, is now the SEC single season leader in passing yards with four thousand three hundred sixty six, and tied Drew Locke for touchdowns with forty four, and he's gonna add to it because he has at least two more games left, uh, potentially three. So, and then Jamar Chase ended up as the SEC leader in receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. And then his running mate, Justin Jefferson, was the leader in reception. So potent offense for the Tigers. It's weird because they're usually usually the other way around. It's a crazy defense. Um, but that is kind of the story heading into championship week. Six games we're going to talk about, and I think, we, I think we're going to do it chronologically. Well, five games we'll talk about. I'll let you talk about one of them on your own. Oh, my um, gosh. We'll start, <laughs> we'll start with uh, chronologically, like you said, Friday night. 8 p.m. Eastern Time, which I think all of our listeners are Eastern Time. So at 8 o'clock, we got the Pac-12 Championship coming up. Which would have been so much cooler if Justin Herbert did not lose a couple weeks ago, throw two interceptions, but a lot more interesting. It would have been cooler if Jacob Eason was worth, like, anything (laughs) and actually, like, went to the Pac-12 Championship like I predicted. And you predicted a playoff berth, too. I predicted a playoff. I mean, you're still predicting a playoff berth from... Utah, are you not? 
Like right this second? Yeah, right now. Don't you think they get in number four? If Georgia loses and Utah beats Oregon, I think Utah should be the four. So what are your odds of that happening? Do you think that's going to happen? It's more likely than not. I'd say it's probably 60 70% chance that that's going to happen. But as we said, we can't predict the Pac-12, but we can sure talk about it. Um, ACC Coastal and Pac-12. I'm, I'm going to stay away from betting money on that ever. Yeah. I think Utah probably has the edge in this game. Just a really good defense all around. I think that these teams are really similar, but Tyler Huntley is more efficient than Justin Herbert, and Zach Moss is a better running back than Oregon's kind of committee. So, I think people like forget that, or they try to look past that Utah was like, like, in the off season, a lot of people said they're going all the way just because of their schedule, and they're like, you know what? There's not really any contenders in the Pac-12, like Washington, Oregon are going to flop, and Utah is just really strong with Zach Moss, Tyler Huntley. They're going to go all the way. Um, Mason actually told me that, and I have money bet against them from, I want to say July or August. He He's saying that Utah was going to make the playoffs. Uh, Lee me, Corso. Me saying otherwise. I s- and they have a legitimate shot. They have a legitimate shot, but I mean... I think it's honestly. So I think Oklahoma says so Baylor. If you I want think, to put it that way, I think out of the there are fourteen right now. I think LSU, Clemson, and Ohio State are safe. Clemson loses, maybe not so much. But if Ohio State or LSU loses, I think they're both going to stay in the top four. Yeah, I mean, so if it's within three scores, then yes. So, really, the biggest thing this weekend is who's going to get the fourth spot. It's between four different teams. It's between Georgia. Utah, Oklahoma, and Baylor. And I just think that the most likely scenario is that Utah gets in. That's hard. I think that's hard to argue, too. What do you think? I think this season hasn't exactly been about what's likely. So You just see. won't say it. No. You just can't bring yourself to say it. What the heck is a Ute, dude? I'm not it's f- a Utah thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's an Indian tribe from Utah. Yeah, I know. That's the real answer. I know, we've been over this before, but also, like, I don't know, dude. Okay, um, Utah hasn't lost since September. They only lost by a touchdown to USC. Who's ranked now? I think uh, they're 22. Do I, uh, yeah. Or um, 21. This is the USC out in the West, not the one. Um, the Trojans. That, yes, the Trojans. Fight on. Uh, Oregon lost to Auburn by six points in week one. That, every week, looks like a better loss. So, I mean, that like that's one of the best losses in the country. Um, for which a, would have for mattered. Team. Which would have mattered until they lost. It would again. have mattered. Yes, uh, and then they lost by three points to Arizona State just two weeks ago. That one obviously really hurt them. <clears throat> um, Oregon dominates this series twenty-two to ten, but uh, these teams have never met in the Pac-12 championship, so this will be a first for that. Um, just because I don't think Utah has really been that relevant recently, um, and Oregon. Honestly, can't tell you much about the Pac-12 championship. Um, I know that it hasn't been a- around that long. Like, conference championships uh, in general aren't, like, more than, like, 15, 20, 25 years old, if that. Some of them a lot less. Just because used to, it was just like, oh, who has the best yeah. uh, record in the conference? And that was the conference championship. It was just the regular season, um, and then you were crowned the SEC uh, championship or whatever. SEC champion, sorry, or their respective conference. So they've never met in the Pac-12 championship. This will be a first. Um, I don't know. I've 
I got Utah on this one in a close one. I think it'll be close, too. And, you know, if if Utah doesn't make the playoff, they're going to go to the Rose Bowl. If Oregon beats Utah, Oregon's going to the Rose Bowl. I think that's gonna how it's going to end up working out. So, very it's still important. It, near six implications, playoff implications. Uh, I, I... It would be kind of a... It would be the most Pac-12 thing for Oregon to win. <laughs> and just shut them out of the playoffs. Yep. Again. It'd be, a, it'd be the most Pac-12 thing if Oregon won by, like, four scores. <laughs> <laughs> it just dominates them. I think that... Uh, but I do think Utah is the most likely number four after this weekend. If I had to put my money on it. I just can't say it. I'm not putting money on anything. Um, just 16 either. hours later, we got... Big 12 championship happening in Jerry's world. Uh, number seven, Baylor takes on number six, Oklahoma, for a rematch. Um, this is the, the second rematch this week. Yeah, the I think there's only two rematches in the six games that we're at least talking about, uh, this and the American Athletic Conference. Um, obviously, Baylor lost to Oklahoma um, at home by three points. And I think that obviously that gives Oklahoma a little bit of an edge. That's why they're ranked number six ahead of number seven Baylor, um, just because of that head to head. I did some I did some math, did some looking up. Um, if you exclude Kansas, which was a sixty-one to six win for Baylor, exclude Kansas because I think that was an anomaly. Um, Baylor has won their other seven Power Five wins, so they have seven wins over a Power Five team. By an average of 9.2 points. If you include Kansas, it goes up to 12.3. So even if it's not an anomaly, they've won their Power 5 wins by an average of 12.3 points. Under two scores. Or under two touchdowns, I guess you can say. Oklahoma has 10 Power 5 wins. Um, they have one Power 5 loss to Kansas State by 7. And they have one non-Power 5 win. Their other 10 games, Power 5 opponents... They won them all, an average of seventeen points. Take out the Kansas game; that's eight points um, above Baylor per game, not just in one game per game. Um, plus, they already beat Baylor. Um, Oklahoma also leads this series twenty-six to three. Baylor's only beaten Oklahoma three times in history, as opposed to twenty-six victories um, on Oklahoma's side. They've never met in the Big 12 championship, so again, this is a first-timer, uh, just like the Pac-12. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've I've got Oklahoma in this one. I know that a lot of times it happens that, like, during the rematch, it's, you know, the loser will come back and, and win just because I think they go in less cocky. They go in knowing their own mistakes and paying attention to those more. And I just still don't see that happening with Charlie Brewer and company. I see Jalen Hurts just putting up four or five touchdowns in, the, in a Big 12-styled game. Not much defense. What's your opinion? I think I think if Baylor were to win this game, they'd have a higher chance to get in the playoff than if Oklahoma were to win. And here, my reasoning is they would have avenged their only loss. And they would, you know, like, in a sense, they'd be undefeated. Well, that's what, what happened to Oklahoma – Exactly. Yeah, so like what I'm saying. So like Texas. say say Utah wins, right? Say Georgia loses. Say Georgia loses. 
say Utah wins, and then so then it's Utah versus the Big Twelve champion for the fourth spot. I think if Baylor gets it, I think if Baylor wins, they have a higher chance to slip over, uh, slip in front of Utah than Oklahoma would. You see my logic there? Yeah. What do you do? You, can you agree with that? I, uh, I think yeah, the committee think, would really value the fact that Baylor beat everyone they played. It's got to be. It's all about style points for that. If they're that's, playing, for, that's the thing. Yeah. If they're I playing for the fourth spot, it's all about style points. I mean, if they that win is by the most important thing this weekend. If they win by one point in overtime, sure. If they win because someone pees on the field and backs up the extra point and uh, misses it, then like that's not. Really that's not really a dominant win. Um, I don't know. I think they'd really have to show out um, either team to jump, like either it's Oklahoma or Baylor, to jump Utah. Because right now there's a reason the playoff committee has Utah at number five. You're right. You're right. Um, and I don't see that changing just because one, like, avenges. And if, if Baylor avenges and beats Oklahoma, um, just because they had so many close games that were – like their first six wins or whatever were determined by a score or less. Like it was anywhere between like one and seven points for their first six games. And they really haven't looked that strong since. They beat TCU in like double overtime or triple overtime. Um, I think they're a great team. I love the like the progression they've made in the past two seasons coming back to what they were five or six or seven years ago. Um, but like you said, it's, it's Georgia or Utah in my opinion. Um, obviously we all know who I want in. Yeah. <laughs> and who I most definitely don't want in. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's kind of funny it ended up being that. Yeah, I mean, Paul Feinbaum said, like, oh, well, it's it's definitely Oklahoma's bid uh, when Georgia loses because I don't think anyone wants to see Utah in the playoff. He can't just say that. Yeah, he really can't because, one, a lot of people probably do. Um, but also, like... I don't know if I'd want to see Oklahoma or like if 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 it had to be Utah, Oklahoma or Baylor, like I'd pick Utah. I'd probably pick Utah, Oklahoma, just like because I don't think Baylor can compete, even if they beat Oklahoma, just because they know their own mistakes and they were able to adapt, um, because it's a rematch. Um, I don't think that makes them a more dominant team than Utah or than Georgia, even. Even if Georgia loses a close one to LSU, say it goes down to the fourth, like, final second, missed field goal, doink, like Iron Bowl style this year, um, Georgia loses by three. And then Baylor comes back and avenges themselves, avenges their only loss, wins by three over Oklahoma. Like, and Utah loses, so they're out. Who's the better team, like Georgia or Baylor? Georgia but Baylor get in. See, that's what I'm saying. I don't like that. That's kind of what happened last year with the Oklahoma and Georgia. I mean, it makes sense, but also, like, it makes sense because if LSU beat number four Georgia, it'd give them reason to be number one. Georgia would sneak in with a number four spot if they were able to sneak in like that, if they didn't, like, sneak Baylor in or whatever. Um, and it'd just be a, a rematch in three weeks. Because number four versus number one, LSU versus Georgia. It's number no because LSU's number two. But I'm saying if they beat number four Georgia, would they not move up to number one? Probably top, not. Top four. No, win? Probably not when Ohio State kills Wisconsin. 
Oh, they've already and that's beat, another top ten. They've already win. beat Wisconsin. Yeah, but it's also does just, it count as another top ten? Yeah, it does. Win? I think it would. But they've only beat that many top ten teams because it's the same team. It's a different win. Yeah, I was actually about to ask you that a couple minutes ago. Who do you think is gonna be number one if they both win? You think it'll be LSU? Style points depends. If LSU I, wins by a touchdown, then no, it'll be Ohio State. If Ohio State has a slower game, yeah. not struggles, but has a slower game than they did against Michigan, which wasn't slow at all. But, I mean, if, if they win by two scores and LSU wins by two scores, you know, bump LSU up. Yeah. But also, like, that's how I want it to be. I want it to be um, Clemson versus Ohio State in the semi, just like it was a couple seasons ago, the 31-0 win for Clemson, and then LSU versus the number four bid. But I don't know. It's not up to me. We'll see what happens. Um Moving on from that game. We spent way too much time on that game. <laughs> um, it's your turn. Go ahead. Go uh, the AAC championship game. Which, not going to spend long on it because we touched base. But the rematch between Memphis. Is, another rematch. So this is similar to the Big 12. Yeah, there's only, more, two, uh, only two this week. More cotton bowl implications here than no playoff implications. But still interesting game. I think Memphis is probably going to get it done again. Just because since it's it's going to be home, which is weird. Um, but they just have too many weapons on offense with Devontae Coxie and Kenneth Gainwell and Gibson. They're just a bunch of skill players that are good. And, you know, we're not sure sure who Cincinnati's quarterback is going to be between the veteran Ritter or the true freshman Ben Bryant. So still not sure who's going to start on on Saturday for, so I think Memphis is probably going to get done and get a Cotton Bowl berth, which is obviously exciting for the program and shows the AAC is a good conference. I'm sorry, are you, are you done? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <I'm> <laughs> to our listeners, it's not that I don't care about the AAC. Quite frankly, I couldn't care any less. Um, moving on. To game day. <laughs> Ryan you Soda. cannot tell me that. <laughs> there are so many exciting games within the AAC. The most exciting football game I watched this year, other than the Iron Bowl, was okay, the I was, S- was going to say, you're going to. Was the SMU Memphis game. Really? More than UGA Notre Dame? Oh. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, no, on that, the SMU-Memphis game was more exciting because it was a back-and-forth shootout, but nothing's going to... Like, that was an awesome game to be at, the Notre Dame-UGA game, and it was obviously really exciting, but the game itself was not exciting the whole time. You know, it was... Number four, UGA takes on number two, LSU. Yeah. Obviously, we've, we've touched on this before. Um, I, I did want to point out, LSU's last three losses... They're all from last season because they're undefeated this season. Their last three losses, most recent one, seventh overtime in College Station with 102,000 people in the stands. Um, they lost by a point in seventh overtime. Yeah, obviously, like, you're going to get tired eventually. Um, shouldn't have let it get that far because it's an unranked A&M, but also A&M's always pretty decent. Like we said, they're the best 7-5 team uh, this season. Their last loss before that, number one Alabama. Like, Another quality loss. Their last loss before that. On the road at number nine, Florida. LSU 
has not lost this season, and their last three losses, it's not like Ohio State, it's not like Clemson, it's not like Bama a couple of years ago, it's not like Georgia, we've lost against this unranked, like this Purdue, this Pitt, Syracuse, South Carolina, or Ole Miss in the past like five or six years that's made that, like, that big upset. Um, these are all quality losses. LSU and Clemson, um, if you if you average out like the last twenty eight to thirty games, LSU and Clemson I think are tied at one, in my opinion. Who? Yeah. Oh. Uh, the last like two seasons. Last two seasons. Like, starting beginning of twenty eighteen. Starting August of eighteen. Yeah. You would rank. I'd tie them at one, dude. I. I think I'd probably put Ohio State above above LSU. Yeah, I would. Really? Thing is, this doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and no, no, it doesn't. I, I would put a, Ohio State, yeah. It also doesn't matter about, like, you know, AAC. Anyways, um, oh Georgia, last loss, obviously coming to double overtime. Uh, South Carolina, tough to see. Uh, Three-point loss, so at least it was close. Um, before that was the Sugar Bowl with Texas. Um, so... I mean, it's pretty obvious that this is the best um, conference matchup, in my opinion. Because, I mean, it's two top four teams. Oh, yeah, yeah, for um, sure. This I, is definitely the the game everyone's probably looking forward to the most. Yeah, and that's why it's game day. Um, I did some research, and I know I shared this with you earlier. So I looked up in conference championship history, which, like we were saying a couple minutes ago, it's not really that deep in history. Um, in conference championship history... I looked up the matchups between when both teams were in the top six, ranked in the top six, in um, recently in the college football playoff rankings and before that in the AP rankings. Um, the SEC, this will make the eighth matchup. You know, LSU is number two, Georgia's number four. Those are both in the top six, obviously. The eighth matchup, the Big Ten has one matchup. In their conference championship history, the ACC, the Pac-12, and the Big 12 have zero each. Zero combined. The SEC has eight more than every other conference combined. It just means more. Um, LSU leads this in a pretty close series, actually. 17-13-1, to 13 to one, uh, that one loss. They have met three times in the SEC title before. Um, and LSU leads that 2-1. to one. Um, Most recently, though, was 2005 when the DJ Shockley-led Bulldogs won that game about 34-17. to um, That was a score on us. I'm not quite sure if it was exactly, but obviously you got to throw all that out because this is a new day. It's, it, yeah. New dogs and new tigers. So um, this game's hard to predict. The line is seven right now. UGA hasn't allowed more than 20 points all season. And LSU has been a scoring machine. But, like, the 36th, I think they're 35th or 36th defense in the country. Yeah, and UGA is a top three defense in the country. So, one rushing touchdown to to Bonos, which <laughs> kind of foresaw at the beginning of the game that was going to happen. You know, it wasn't, that wasn't super surprising. No, it just was disappointing. Yeah, it was. <laughs> obviously, it's like, oh, man, we, we can't allow a rushing touchdown. But, like, it's Auburn. Like, they run that read option. They're going to get a rushing touchdown on you. So, 
Um, the story of this game is UGA's defense. Can they slow down Joe Burrow? Can they shut down Clyde Edwards-Alaire? How will the secondary do against a great receiving trio and a good tight end? That's going to be tough. Good tight end is something Georgia struggled against this year. Yes, most definitely. Um, and Terrence Mo- uh, Moss is his last name, number 81. And, uh, But I think the underlying story will be UJ's offense versus LSU's defense. Can UJ's offense, who claims has like a whole nother playbook that's the conspiracy for this yeah, Simmons, LSU game. Simmons Tyler decided Simmons, to say... It's something we've been talking about for a week or two, though. It's one of his... One of his press conference interviews or whatever decided to say, like, oh, yeah, we got we got so many plays we've yet to play yet. Yeah. And I can't wait or something like that, which, yes, it could be a bluff. Yes, there could be plays, and they might not even get played. Like, sometimes you just don't call plays yeah, that you have in your that's playbook. that's true. That's true. Um, we've talked about how Kirby and, and Coley are, um, you know, how they are with the offense. They're really conservative and um, – you know, I just don't know if – I don't know if we're going to call those, like, deep ball plays that you've been asking for all season, especially now that we don't have Cager, which I think Cager he was, wasn't a deep ball. He, guy, I know, yeah. he was more of a slant route. Um, as no, opposed out, to, route out route stuff. As opposed to Pickens, um, definitely more of a deep ball. But now think, we don't have Pickens for the first half. So, I mean, what do the dogs do? Demetrius Robertson and Blaylock are going to be important. Tyler Simmons has to step up. He did against Georgia Tech. He had a pretty solid game. You know, the tight ends are going to be important. Charlie Warner and Eli Wolf. Fromm hasn't really connected with Wolf a lot recently. It's more been with Warner. So that's going to be important. James Cook, as I said, going to have to get him involved somehow. Defense is going to have to first, like, force some turnovers. Um, you can't have can't have an interception from Fromm in this game. No. Um, I think it's Possession, going to be mostly, time of possession's important. It's going to be mostly a Georgia crowd in Atlanta. Um, it's kind of in our back, kind of in Georgia's backyard. Uh, I know they've said that before, especially when it was you know Georgia Bama a couple of years ago. But um, you know, I just and obviously UGA has played in that stadium more than LSU has. LSU did uh, travel there for the Peach Bowl last year, so that it's not new to them really. For but, their win, but over. UGA, you know, has played there. What this will be their fourth or fifth time within the last three years being in that stadium. So. And their second time in two, in a week span that they'll be in Atlanta. And Georgia so. will actually be back there in August, um, or September, whenever the beginning of the season is. I think they play Virginia week one. Yeah. Um, if that makes you care any more about Virginia Clemson, um, <laughs> we have like Georgia has one of the Chick Fil A kickoff games. They actually have three next season. But um, yeah, like Georgia's just they're familiar, especially this team is familiar with Mercedes Benz. As new of a stadium as that is, they might have, they might have played there more than any other team, any other college football team. Yeah, in the last couple of years, I think. Well, so. I mean, it's only a couple of years old. Yeah, they. That's safe to say because. I'd like know, to look that up one day. I think that's true. I think it is too. Because Alabama would be second most. But because Auburn, they haven't even made the SEC championship in the past two years, and they. Anyways, um. That's something to think about. <laughs> um, after that game is over, uh, no matter how it goes, we have the exciting Virginia Cavaliers, number 23, newly ranked, taking on the number three Clemson Tigers. Um, I think it's 730 in Charlotte for the ACC championship. 
He's been in Charlotte the past couple of years, besides when it was in Orlando at Camping World Stadium. Um, like we said, the perfect seven. I know we've said this many times, uh, in case you missed it, last seven seasons. <coughs> um, all seven Coastal Division teams in the ACC have won the division um, and traveled to the conference championship, but none of them have won. Is this their year? I mean, Clemson leads the series 38-8-1. to 8-1. to 38-8-1. Clemson hasn't lost since New Year's Day of 2018. It has been 23 months and three days since Clemson lost in a semi 24-7 to to Alabama. Um, and Virginia's already lost three this season. I would say that Notre Dame is a very quality loss since that's a term that's yeah. been used a lot this season, quality loss. Miami and Louisville, um, not the worst losses in the world. Um, but Clemson's just been on fire the second half of the season. Even the first half wasn't terrible. I didn't think it was top five performance, but they've proven to be a top four team, top three team. Um, I don't see this being entirely close, but I'd love for Virginia to put up a fight. Um, as a Clemson fan, I want them to pull it out. I think they're going to pull it out. But as a college football fan, I mean, especially with Bama being thrown out already, I mean, it's, it does make it more exciting if Clemson's thrown out. Because then yeah. it's not just like, oh, who has a four spot? It's like, who has a three spot? You know? And I think then that Georgia could lose by a score and maybe get in. I think this um, Virginia team's better than most of the other, like the past six. I think they're better than most of them. Uh, I do think the Miami two years ago was the best out of these. They lost to Notre Dame late in the season. They lost to Clemson. Yeah, they lost yeah, to but, yeah, game, but, but here's the thing. But Virginia's on an upward trajectory right now. Miami was on a downward trajectory. Well, they had only lost one Clemson. game coming into this. Yeah, which is not fun. Yeah. All I'm saying is Bryce Perkins is good. I don't think it's going to be an extreme blowout, but uh, late in the game, Clemson will probably take over. It's the most likely situation. I just, I don't know. Ooh, um, quick odds, yes or no? I guess like a little take it or leave it really quickly before okay. we even go into those. Okay, we still got one more game after yeah. this. Yeah, Chase Bryce comes in in the fourth quarter. Leave it. I'm taking it. I'm leaving it. They're gonna save Trevor, because they know they have bigger games ahead, and most likely two bigger games ahead. I'm leaving that for now. But All right. I'll let you introduce our last championship game of Saturday night. Buckeyes and the Badgers rematch from uh, October 26th. Yep, October 26th, where Ohio State won 38-7 in a game I was super excited for. And Ohio State decided not to let me get too excited about that by dominating. <laughs> so will it be domination again? I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and say right now, I don't see Ohio State losing to anybody, if I'm being quite honest. And that's what most of the world, most of the college football nation agrees, is that um, besides diehard fans that are never going to admit to their team ever losing. Yeah, I'm a diehard. (laughs) Alabama, that still wants to claim that as a win, be ranked higher in the AP poll. Anyways, um, like... I'm a diehard dog, and I don't, I don't think UJ would beat Ohio State in a head-to-head matchup. I don't even think it'd be close. I don't, I don't think it'd be within two scores. No. I'd like to say within three. I think Justin Fields 
Oof. Oh, dude, I don't even want to see Ohio State, Georgia. Justin Fields is playing. Fields at- could stomp all over. Justin Fields this year proved that he is the most talented quarterback in the country. He put his name above Trevor Lawrence, above Jalen Hurts, above Tua Tagovailoa. Um, obviously, Burrow's had a more statistical season. I think Justin Fields is more talented than Burrow, but Burrow obviously is a talent in his own right and is looking to be the likely number one overall pick in the NFL draft and the likely Heisman. But Justin Fields is proving his talent. They haven't always had to rely on his arm. He can run, too, and they, obviously they have Dobbins in the backfield. They have Chase Young. I just don't see them losing. I don't think it's necessarily going to be domination again. I'm not sure. that I, I'm not going to predict the score, but I do think it's probably more than two touchdowns, probably. I'd be surprised if it was within two touchdowns. Um, I know they're favored by 16 and a half. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, that's pretty fair. Win by 17. Um, I would... I'd probably put a couple bucks on that. Um, but also, you never know. That revenge factor uh, plays a big role into these games. And um, I don't know. It's It'll be a good matchup. It'll be a good way to... For Wisconsin to win, their defense has to really step up, and then they can't get shut out again. They, just, they had no offensive production against Ohio State the first time around. So. I just don't see it happening for them. They can get two picks, and Fields can come back the next series and throw an 80-yard bomb for a touchdown. Yeah. Watching him go down last week and then get right back up and throw that dime that you want to talk about so much, like, it just shows that he's unstoppable and that, like, he's not going to be weighed down by an injury or... He only has one interception this year, right? Yeah. He had he does have a couple fumbles, but... uh, So not too many turnovers, but, man, he's been impressive. Hard... I just don't see Wisconsin winning this game. They're, Ohio State's too good. Can the Badgers put up a fight? Yeah, but I don't think it's likely. I think it'll, you know, probably two to four touchdowns that range. Okay, here's like a little scenario. I'm gonna pop on you okay. real quick. This is off the off that game sort of. I mean, we talked. Okay. I mentioned Justin Fields. Um, transfer portal doesn't exist. Okay. Quarterbacks can't transfer. Okay. Who's the top four? Is that what you're gonna ask me? Who is the top four? Fields is still at Georgia. Burrow and Tate are still at. Uh, Ohio State. Jalen Hurts is still at Bama. Eason is also still at Georgia, if that matters at all. It doesn't. (laughs) That's kind of funny. Who's the top four right now? Also, Kelly Bryant and Hunter Johnson are still at Clemson. Uh, It would... Georgia would be one. Mm, Clemson would be one. Georgia would be two. Clemson's not one now. And they have... Same situation, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, their situation wouldn't change. I'm not going to tell you your answer, but I disagree. Tate Martell would be the Ohio State starting quarterback right now. Yeah, it would be over Burrow, because Burrow was probably never going to get a chance there. So... I think Burrow would have proved himself. He probably, but I don't think he would have. I don't know. You can't. And Bama. Because with Tua going down, Jalen Hurts wouldn't lose to to Auburn. And he wouldn't have lost to LSU because LSU wouldn't be there. Yeah. I don't know LSU's backup. Miles Brennan. 
Interesting. That was a little scenario my dad called the other day and said, like, huh. hey, like, here's something. It's a scenario my dad talks about, yeah. specifically with Justin Fields. Well, I know, like, we've mentioned it with Justin Fields before, and, like, I always say, like, oh, I don't think that he'd be the starter here. But I know that we Georgia wouldn't have lost the South Fumble Carolina game. Benched against South Carolina. With Ooh, three, what do you know? What three picks know? and a fumble? Yeah, he would have been benched. He would have been benched. For Fields, yeah. Um, I don't know, dude. That's tough to think about. It's a weird world. But also, you never you can't account for upsets or anything like that. So we really don't know. That's just a like a predicted. Um, let's focus on the the top four for this this uh, this year. So you think that Ohio State will maintain one? I think they're probably going to stay number one no matter what. Re- well, like, uh, obviously, if they win, I think they're going to stay number one. Avoiding a shutout of LSU over Georgia, yes. Yeah. What do you think the top four is if Georgia beats Ohio State? Or if Georgia beats LSU? <laughs> I, would, I would say Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, LSU. And then it would be Ohio State versus LSU, and then it would be Clemson versus Georgia. I think that's what would happen. Yeah. Or do you think Georgia – it wouldn't change the matchup, but do you think Georgia would hop Clemson to two? Probably. I think so, too. Yeah. Probably would, so. But it would, it would still be the same not matchup because it's one it versus four and two all. versus three. It just would make Dabo Sweeney just that much more mad. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Georgia loses. Utah are the Big 12 champion. And do you think it matters which? Is I told the big... you. I told you. No, no, no. Sense. Say it. Say it's the exact same score from both games. Then Utah. Okay. I mean, I'm saying Big Twelve champ has to prove themselves with a lot of style points and has to get lucky. Okay. They don't. They don't control their own destiny. Who do you think the committee is going to value more as the Big Twelve champion, Baylor or Oklahoma? Baylor, because of the reason you because said. Because avenging their. Because own they loss. they've showed that before with Oklahoma avenging against Texas and making it in. Um. More Ohio. likely, hey, more likely to lose, Ohio State or Clemson. Clemson. Okay. Because they haven't, they haven't warmed up yet. <laughs> They're still in pregame warmups when Ohio State's already been through a couple games. <laughs> um, Ohio State loses by seven to Wisconsin. How far do they drop? And does ever and does LSU and Clemson win? With that, I mean yeah. LSU. And, uh, yeah, yeah. No, you have to. You have to tell me. If, I, if, I wouldn't even know. Georgia wins in a close one over LSU. So what's if, the ranking if Georgia beats LSU and Ohio State barely loses to Wisconsin? Is that what you're asking? Sure. Clemson's one. Georgia's two. LSU's three, and Wisconsin's or Ohio State's four. That's what they would do. Okay, I think that's smart. And then we, and then Georgia would lose to Ohio State right after this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so enough for those matchups and those, those hypotheticals. Yeah, just us having some dreams over here. If, if it all works out our way, um, finish with our final segment that we've been doing for the past couple weeks. Take it or leave it. I wish we had someone else in here to ask us these. I was thinking about that. I mean, It'd I, be a lot more. Do you want me to go grab someone? No. 
Okay, <laughs> I didn't want to. We up. need to, but maybe in the future. Oh, I do want to mention before. Um, <laughs> your eyes kind of went big. Uh, before we we finish the episode, um, just have to mention this important fact that we always mention. We're watching ESPNU right now. It's mm. before they were pros. Uh, number eight Notre Dame taking on number seven Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, it's a pretty good matchup. Uh, Notre Dame's possibly about to score. It's it's third and three on their own four, on the four yard line. I don't think they do. Let's see, let's see. Drops it back. Oh, oh touchdown! Crap. That was a good. Wow, I love the timing too. I don't think they do. <laughs> um, yeah. I just thought I remember this being a blowout. Maybe it was now, late in the game. Well, Notre Dame now trails by seven. And this is relevant because it's back in like 2015. Yeah, it's it's not. Relevant. This is. Like, right before Ezekiel Elliott was the number four pick in the draft. Yeah, this is Ezekiel. This is Bosa. The first Bosa. This Take is... it or leave it, man. Take it. Take I'm leaving it this it. game. Shut up, man. <laughs> Take it or leave it. I'll just... You know, let's take turns. We'll take turns. Okay, cool. Take it or leave it. Saturday's Iron Bowl was better than the 2013 matchup. Take it. Ooh. Leave it. All right. Um... Take it or leave it. This is the end of Bama's rule over college football. Take it. I'm taking that, too. I'm taking it. The field's too great. This is the two, field is too this great. Is, this is two years in a row. Bama's not winning the natty. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and they're not even going on the New Year's Six Bowl. I love how that's, like, a, like a terrible thing for them, too. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, Georgia's relevant, like, top four, but hasn't won in 40 years. Yeah. Um, Like, Ohio State hasn't won in six or something years five or six years I don't even know when they won um, I feel like they won 2014 2015 Tomorrow State yeah they won the first playoff which was and they beat Bama which was in the one. semi which was like New Year's like the first week of 2015 okay so 14 because it was the 14 season um, LSU last title like 2007 and Georgia's. and they were in the title game in 2011 <laughs> Georgia's 1980 Utah I don't know. Oklahoma. Baylor. Stop. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oklahoma's just saying, probably the most recent out of all of them, though. I think so, too. I'm just saying it's funny Oklahoma's how... Oklahoma's won one in the 2000s, I'm pretty sure. It's just funny how, you know, Bama's... They're out of top ten for the first time in a decade, and it's like a... Like, we actually... I don't think they're bad. I don't think they're going to be on the, like... They're still going to be a top ten team the decline. Year. Yeah, exactly. But um, they'll probably be, like, six preseason... Just because it's Bama. No one knows who's going to be the starting quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Two might come back. Then there'll be one preseason. Um, but I don't think I don't think they're at the top. I don't think they rule anymore. Take it or leave it, UGA holds LSU to under 120 yards rushing. I'm taking that. Yeah. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. Claude Edwards Alaire gets shut down. Joe's. I don't think he gets game. shut down. He can get 119 yards and four touchdowns and like 50 receiving yards and not. <laughs> I don't think he does though. <laughs> I wanted to say under 100 yards, but Georgia let up 99 against Tech, and I didn't want to compare LSU to Tech. <laughs> it's just. Eh, I don't we'll want to s- get into that. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, Virginia keeps it within two scores with Clemson. Leave it. I'm gonna leave that too. They're favored by 28 and a half. Jonathan Taylor gets held to under 60 yards rushing again. I'll take it. I'm leaving that. I think I'm not saying he's going to have some crazy game, but I think he'll he'll beat 60 yards. I don't think that's too high of a benchmark for him. I think it was 55 in their last matchup. 
something like that. And it was a really bad yards per carry. But I think he'll definitely improve. Um, Probably closer to 100 yards, maybe a touchdown. Um, But that's it. We are still not sure about an episode for next week. There may not be one. I think there needs to be. There probably I want there to, to be one. If Ryan doesn't want to, I'll record a little 15-minute recap. Yeah, and I'll give you some opinions. Yeah, and then I'll just throw in some of your stuff. But, uh, if you don't want to do it's the It's finals week then. next week. It's going to be kind of crazy for us, but we'll try to fit one in. It might just be quick. Um, the rankings come out Sunday? Selection Sunday. If you wanted um, to do a Selection Sunday show, that'd be better probably. It's cool. Um, but obviously all that kind of stuff will be on the Instagram. Keep it updated. We'll post probably a good bit during championship weekends. We I think we did a lot during rivalry week, lots of posts. But just keep up with the Instagram. We'll probably throw some polls and stickers up there. And uh Yeah. Let us know what y'all think. Uh, you know, thanks for listening to I wanna say Episode eighteen. Eighteen. Uh, we're doing it. We're really in this. Alright, thanks for listening and Enjoy your weekend of <laughs> conference championships. All right, see you guys.